For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. BBN, welcome into another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We got the fellas in here, the usual crew. We got from the Cats Paws, AG, Aaron Gershon, the QB1, Jalen Whitlow in here. Fellas, how we doing? As I said, as a joke to you, Vinny, when we hopped on, I'm better than uh, the football team and Mark Stoops right now. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, we'll touch on everything that happened in Knoxville, but... Uh, just a brutal, brutal weekend there. But, you know, that's what Tennessee's doing to a lot of teams. They're the number one team in the country, you know, in the college football playoff poll for a reason. And, uh, you know, UK can get back on track or they can lay down and we'll find out which one happens, uh, you know, out in Missouri on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, man. I, you know, uh, got a chance to go to the game. That was, that was my first Kentucky game since I played there. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, I knew that one was going to be a tricky one going to that one, but um, I'm still glad I went. But man, I wish we could have uh, produced some offense. Um, but you know, one thing you got to give props to Tennessee at the end of the day, they're the number one team in the country, yes. Uh, and at the end of the day, that was one of the most fun environments I think, um, probably college football has to offer. Oh, yeah. I'm saying what, what they do with the fireworks and what they do with the lights and the band, you know, playing the hollow. I mean, it was it was cool. And I told the kid that I coached there, I was like, man, you lucky, man. You know, he 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 go to he go to the right school at the right time. You know, when Tennessee's doing what now, obviously, they it's still a lot of football to play. But, um, you know, they, they I, I like hypo. I like what he's doing, you know, just taking the rivalry out of it. I think. uh from a football standpoint, um, Hypo's doing a hell of a job, man, as far as, you know, generating a lot of positive energy around the program, uh, you know, ultra competitive, you know, obviously recruiting is going to take a spike, oh, uh, yeah. you know, so uh, I think it's a lot of good. And, and I like it from a football standpoint. As I mean, at the end of the day, the better the SEC, the better football we see. I mean, at the end of the day. So uh, Kentucky definitely got to bounce back. Uh, you know, Missouri is tricky, man. And I'll talk about that later. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're yeah right. they got a good defense. AG is just this is this the road trip he's been waiting for. Most of the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, already fall, I'm already falling asleep at the wheel and I ain't even uh, driving yet. <laughs> oh, man. I was messing with you, man. But yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, but to echo what Jalen said, I mean, that was one of the, that might have been. The best atmosphere I've been to so far, you know, just my years covering. Um, I mean, the new, like, Jalen touched on the new lights. It, they have these orange and white strobe lights going on. It looks like a huge concert. And it's just, it's awesome. And, you know, the tea all lit up, um, you know, the whole, they turned down all the lights and had them run through the tea with the tea all lit up. It was, it was a spectacular atmosphere and you got to give credit to, their fan base and and like Jalen said, Josh Heupel and what he's done in that program really, really quickly. And um that's gonna be an attractive offense that recruits are gonna want to play in. And that's why, you know, you look at what Kentucky's doing offensively and you have to you have to worry. Is it gonna be attractive for kids? Is it gonna be something that, you know, they can get turned around and say, you know, we had success in it last year. We have a little bit of a different variety with a different offense coordinator. And we could still have success. I think these next four games, especially, you know, to have at least a showing against Georgia and to be able to kind of 
not obviously they're not going to be blowouts in the SEC. Maybe Vanderbilt will, but you got to just show something on offense. You got to show your capable offense in these last four games, especially, you know, the three games against teams we're going into the year, you chalk it up as a win. So um, this is a really, you know, and it's not going to matter in terms of winning an SEC East. It's not going to matter uh, the team's ultimate goal going into the season, but it is going to matter for the future of this program. Uh, and obviously how this team is viewed in, in UK's history. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So it's a huge game this weekend, and there's still a lot to play for, even though the big goal and the big exciting bowl game is kind of out of the window. Missouri, like y'all said, better than everybody thought. You know, Way better. Media days, you know, you see Drinkwitz and you, psh, man, this dude, and you kind of, I kind of just miss him, but, and they could have, you know, Stoop said himself Monday, they could have fallen apart at Auburn the way they lost that game. Uh, they played Georgia better than anybody all season yep. long. You know, they probably should have beat Georgia. You quit settling for field goals and they, they would have beaten Georgia. And this Tennessee-Georgia game wouldn't be, you know, two unbeatens going at it. Uh, it is 11 o'clock Central Time kickoff out there in Como. Don't let it be cold and dreary and you got that drab stadium and the rocks out there and not even got bleachers and ah. all that that whole thing. If you don't get your mind right, you're going to let one become two again and you'll, you'll crawl back to Lexington five and four and that's, woo, that, that'd be a real mess. Jalen, what do you think? You must have played in Columbia at least once. What's it like out there? <laughs> <laughs> I think I told y'all how I felt about it. You know, I, I again, I'd rather play anywhere else. I'd rather play. At, I'd rather play at Vanderbilt. At least you're in Nashville. Yeah, I. I. I mean, yeah, family's closer. I know people in Nashville. I remember when we were uh, we were at Kentucky. We were like, man, this is uh, this is like not good. It, it was like it, it was it was hard to, you know, it's it's that point of the season always. At least back, you know, and even now. Where yep. you know the excitement of the season is gone. Obviously, you like football; it's a game. People going to be there on TV, but the excitement, that extra excitement that kind of gets you up to play, is gone. So, going to Columbia is a tricky, tricky, tricky one, man. It's tough. I mean, it's just it's very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're going to see how good you know Stoops can do, how good the team leaders can be. Um, when it comes to getting guys up and ready to play, because um, that I think they got a good thing in Columbia as far as how underwhelming it is. Because teams go in there and they go to sleep. They, I mean, they you know, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia went to sleep. And let me say this: Missouri is a good team. Like we keep people keep downplaying Missouri. Like you know, not Kentucky, but like just the media downplays when Missouri plays football. Missouri beat Auburn. I don't care what nobody said. They beat Auburn. Yep. They didn't beat them, but they beat them. Like, I mean, the guy fumbled the ball <laughs> like a, one yard a centimeter from the – I mean, like literally. Like, and then the Georgia game, just just hang on. Just for – hang on. You know, they beat Georgia. 14 um, minutes, yep. Yeah, just – I mean, so this is – again, this this is a game that can – that 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 scares me, honestly. Uh, the Tennessee game was okay, you know, as long as you don't get blown out. You know, you don't want to have that mentality, but that's what happened. But you don't want to have that mentality. People could have chalked it up. The pressure would be lighter if, okay, we lost by 18 or 14 or 17, whatever. That's a good team. It's the number one team in the country. They obviously are better than us. Uh, and they were. Tennessee was the better football team on the field. Call it what it is. Mm-hmm. But the Missouri one, Missouri's not the better football team, I don't think. Talent wise, so this is this is this is the one you got to win, or things can get really uh, things can get go go sideways if you don't. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the thing that's scary about Missouri is they match up really well with Kentucky. I mean, what Kentucky doesn't do well is play offense. At, at this point, they just have a bad offense. It, it is what it is. They have good players, I think, especially at quarterback and at the skill positions, but. They're just not playing like a good offense. And Missouri has the number 19 defense in the country. They're top 25 against the against the run, and they're top 30 against the pass. 
Uh, they do everything well. They get to the quarterback. I think they're tied for fifth in the conference in sacks. They have a beast at defensive end and Isaiah McGuire, who's, you know, feels like every play is around the quarterback. So, you know, this is a tough matchup. And, man, you know, they're they're excited for this game. I mean, we all remember the comments at SEC Media Day with Martez Manuel, the DB, saying yeah, he hates Kentucky. And he went on a whole rant about, you know, all these close losses that he's seen both as a player and as a recruit. You know, knowing Missouri was his place, that and they're inspired. They want to win this game, and it feels like for them that it's a step up for them because Kentucky has passed them in the SEC East hierarchy. There's no doubt about it. And if Missouri can win this game, they're ahead of Kentucky in the standings. They own the South Carolina tiebreaker. They're in third place in the SEC East. They're that third team this year behind uh, Tennessee and Georgia. So this is a huge game for them, and they know it. Uh, this is like a – I mean, we saw the reaction that South Carolina had when they beat Kentucky, they felt like that was kind of like a building block win. I, I don't know if Missouri has that same feeling anymore because Kentucky's no longer ranked, but it, it's close to it. It really is. And um, it's just, <laughs> unless, I mean, Kentucky defensively should be able to be just fine. Missouri's offense, you know, they have pretty good receivers and Dominic Lovett and, and Luther Burton, but you know, the quarterback's not great. They're 87th in the country in yards. They're not much better in scoring. So, you know, you feel good good about it. But, man, if you let it become one of those slugfests and you can't score points, we saw it at Ole Miss. It didn't go Kentucky's way. We saw it against South Carolina. It didn't go their way. They, they got to score points. And if the offense shows up, they'll win this game. If they don't, yeah, it's going to be a devastating loss. You know, we were talking on my other podcast, Cast Talk Wednesday, and I was kind of – you know, when when the whole and we talked about it, you and I, AG, I think you might have been on too, Jalen. Or it might have been just before you came on, the whole Cal Stoops thing, the whole you know, we're a basketball school. I thought Cal could have said what he wanted to say without that. And I was cool with Stoops kind of responding and getting fired up. He might have went too far with the whole born on third base thing, but you know, I understand that he was fired up. So to to be fired up and to clap back and all that, you, you can't be losing South Carolina and Missouri and all these teams that you passed in the league and then you let them pass you back after you talk that talk and now we, we struggling to walk that walk. Yeah. <laughs> and t- you know what? The, the, the biggest thing when that happened was the other schools, you know, Arkansas, Auburn, Tennessee, all having fun on Twitter. And Jalen was there. He saw it. Tennessee had their ring ceremony for the SEC basketball championship. And all their players went up to the Kentucky section, you know, floating the ring. They brought the baseball team out. They came over and talked crap. I mean, they were they were using that. They were using that. And uh, so that's unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. They can't be losing these games um, to lose. I mean, if they lose this game and you lose to South Carolina and Missouri in the same season, the two teams, two of the three teams that you've passed Florida being the other, and to see that kind of start to tilt the other way, because man, that would be devastating. And, you know, South Carolina, I'm not a big Shane Beamer guy, as I've made pretty clear, but they're going in the right direction. They have a lot of NIL money. They're getting really good recruits. Um, I don't know about Missouri. I know they, you know, Luther Burden's a five-star guy they were able to keep home. Um, But, you know, it seems like they're building something at least on defense with their new defensive coordinator. So, man, this is – you just can't – you can't fall behind the eight ball. And we all know Florida's on the rise again with how their recruiting's going. So, yeah, this would be a really devastating one. This is a – it's pretty damn close to a must win. Yeah, I I kind of agree with everything you said, man. I, and this is, this, to me, this is the reality of the situation. To me, my opinion. You know, and everybody's gonna get fired up with this one, but this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. When I got to Kentucky, we had a lot of really good players. We didn't have a lot of really good depth. Kentucky now has good players and good depth. But at the end of the day, Stoops did a good job of bringing a culture, like a a standard, a kind of expectation that they do a good job of living up to. He's a good coach, and especially when it comes to that. He's a good coach, allows players to relax and play loose and have fun. Um, He's good with the X and O's on defense. 
he's an overall good football coach at the end of the day. But the reality of the situation is we lost when I was at Kentucky for a lot of reasons. And one of the reasons was we were very limited with depth and we were small in some areas, but we had like, we were very top heavy. We had the Bud Dupree's, we had the Zadari Smith's, Avery Williamson's, uh, the Larry Warford's. We had those guys. Kentucky, at the end of the day, if you really look at it, they filled more holes, but they don't necessarily have a Avery Williamson on this team. I don't. I don't think so. They don't have a Zadaria Smith on this team. I don't. I don't think. I, I just don't think so. Uh, on the offensive line, they don't have a Larry Warford. I don't think so. But they have more depth. So at the end of the day, yes, they. they have done a great job of recruiting, but Kentucky is not very far from the Missouri's of the world. They're not very far from South Carolina at all. No, you they're know, close. They're, I think they're better coached, especially with Coach Stoops. But as far as talent, they're not very far from these teams. And when things aren't going well, and again, I got a long list of things that I wrote down here for talking about offense, so – I'll get to that yeah. in a minute. But, um, but what I'm trying to say is, yes, they filled holes. They have more depth. But when it comes to those Pro Bowl-type players that we, we had, I don't think Kentucky has have many of those on the team. This is just my opinion. I just don't think they, they do. So when it comes time to get a sack, they can't get a sack. When it comes down to making a spectacular play in the back end, they don't really have that dude to do that. When it comes down to making great plays on a receiver, they got a lot of talent at receiver. This is the most talented group, but they don't have that one freaking dog that a lot of teams have. They don't have – now, Chris Rodriguez is that dog on offense when it comes to getting him the ball. But outside of that, and this is just being honest, man, and I, and I sat down and watched the game and was like, man – and I watched them in warm-ups. I'm like, okay, they look good. They they have they filled holes. They look bigger. But Stoops is just doing a really damn good job at covering that shit up, man. He is. Like, at the end of the day, he is. They're recruiting better and filling holes. But Mark Stoops, and I said this a while ago, he need a statue. He's done a really good job at, at covering the holes. They are not better than Tennessee player-wise. No, they are not. And, and, and like you said, South Carolina may have edged them out talent-wise. Yeah, it's very close. South Carolina has talent. They're in a talent-rich area. So at the end of the day, and this is what I meant to say, I mean, you got to – like these last few games on offense, you have to produce because you're already tinkering that line when it comes to guys getting out of there because they're not getting the ball. You're tinkering that line when it, come, when it comes to – Guys going to Tennessee instead. You got guys on the brink who may go to Missouri because Missouri is going to get them the ball. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, if you're a high school athlete, you want the freaking ball if you play offense, if, you, if you're that type of dog. So I say that to say they have to perform on offense these last few games and the bowl game. They have to. There's no way around that. You can dice it up however you want. Stoops alluded to it at, in his press conference. He's he kind of left a message, I think, yeah. in my opinion, to the offensive side of the ball. Get this stuff right at the end of the day. Or you're not gonna last. That's yeah. what he said. Because it is and I and I, I sat there and watched. I'm like, man, Tennessee is head and shoulders more talented. And Tennessee had 30 guys leave the program two years ago <laughs> or a year and a half ago, whatever it was. So this, you know, and this is no not to anybody, but this is if anything, you're saying that. Mark Stoops is better than what most people make him out to be. Because yeah. when I watched the team, I didn't see any, like, when you watch Zadarius Smith on Saturdays, you like, that's an NFL defensive line, defensive end, period. You did. Now, I know Kentucky got two inside backers out. Those two guys are really good. But when you watch Bud Dupree, you like, that guy is going to be on Sundays for a long time. You know, you watch Larry Warford, my freshman, you like, that guy is a monster. You know, you did. So – and, and again, they they got they got to continue to recruit, uh, continue to build that thing because um, yeah. they, they you know they don't want to fall behind in that. 
Yeah, to go off two of your points, I mean, you just look at all these teams that have won bowl games or been in them, you know, obviously 2016 through 18, Josh Allen, NFL, Mike Edwards, uh, Benny Snell didn't have the same NFL success, but he, you know, we all know what he was and all those guys on the offensive line, there's too many to go through. 2019 with Lynn Bowden, I mean, that is a superstar. Uh, 2020 even, I mean, I know he was a head case, but Kelvin Joseph was the SEC leader in interceptions and obviously still had all those big guys on the offensive line, like, you know, the Landon Young to the world. Uh, and then flash forward to even last year, Wandell Robinson, uh, a superstar. And this year, Chris Rodriguez is, is and Will Levis are the two guys you point to, right? Rodriguez has done pretty well. I mean, he's done really well at times. The offensive line is just not great, and that's hurting him. And now, and what you saw, and I'm sure we'll talk about with the play calling here, you saw Tennessee load the box, nine guys in the box. And what did Kentucky do? They stuck to the run on first and second down every single drive. And eventually, to not Chris's fault, they're going to pick up on that, and they're going to, you know, not nine or ten hats to the ball, and you're going to get taken down. So, and then, you know, with Will, whether it's injuries, you know, I, I didn't think, I didn't think the game plan was good. I didn't think he had a good game. Obviously, you know, the interception late, you could probably chalk up to him forcing it, but he also underthrew one, whatever. He missed a wide open guy, he had a bad game, but it just hasn't been the star level we we wanted to see this year. It hasn't taken that next step, at least in my opinion. I see all the NFL traits. I don't think it's going to hurt his draft stock. He just hasn't been the dude that's going to carry uh, you to, to wins like, I mean, even against Ole Miss and Tennessee. So, or Tennessee out the window at Ole Miss, which a team I think is pretty similar talent-wise. So, yeah, they definitely don't have the dudes. And you worry about recruiting for the future. You worry, obviously, like you touched on Jalen, the guys like the DeKel Crowdises and the Chris Lewises who don't get the ball much, but also the guys who are playing really well and, one, can see their game might be going – to an even bigger level if they were to transfer to a Tennessee and two remember Kentucky football is still behind the eight ball with an IL now and Tennessee is churning out money Georgia's churning out money South Carolina Alabama uh even Ole Miss has done pretty well lately uh Florida I mean I can go on and on about schools doing really well in the NIL market and you know I can tell you from the, the reporter side of things there are names on this roster right now who are significant players that are thinking about transferring and the only way to stop that is winning some games and looking good while doing it yeah so yeah go ahead Vinny. i know you guys oh i was just gonna say you know you know over the summer having having said all that and kentucky is still tossed out there as one of the contenders to be second in the east who's gonna challenge georgia kentucky tennessee Without having these dudes, without having these NFL guys, without, you know, having a Dupree, having the guys with the dog in them, do we still think that they had the pieces to do what we thought they were going to do? Or I mean, we didn't know the offensive line was going to be as flawed as it is. Yeah. But did on paper, did we still think they've got all the pieces in place? They've got a quarterback that's going to be a first rounder. You got the SEC returning, rusher coming back. You got to tell the trio of freshman receivers. The receiver room is better than it has been. The tight end room is deep. Defensively, you you got a good rotation. This Walker kid is playing better than we thought. Awesome. You got Rodgers. So were the pieces in place for them to challenge like everybody thought they were going to do over the summer? Or I, I, that yeah, a that's false, a good question. A false hope or, or what? I, I think there's been – I think the pieces were there. I think there's been a mix of underperformance. Um you know, again, I, I think Will, I really like Will Levis, and I think he's he's almost going to be more – he's going to kind of be like some of those Cal, Cal kids who are like hey, – like Keldon Johnson, pretty good in college, not – you know, nothing amazing goes to the NBA, he's a freaking star. Uh, it's going to be – he might be that type of guy. I truly believe that. Uh, but I and not just Will, though. I mean, I think, you know, Barry on Brown is super exciting with the ball. He doesn't create as much separation as I thought he might right away. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, Jaquez Jones getting hurt early has killed them. I mean, he is, I thought he was 10 times better this year, just from a speed perspective, um, picking things up in this defense for a second year. Uh, that's hurt a lot. Um, I think all things considered, the secondary's held up pretty well, but you know, the defensive line, I think has 
you know, the, everyone talks about the offensive line and rightfully so. I think the defensive line struggling has kind of flown under the radar. I mean, you look at Octavius Oxidon and this week, you know, both Mark Stoops and Brad White talked about maybe that losing all that weight was not good for him. You know, he, yes, he's faster uh, and he's, you know, more explosive and more energetic. But, you know, they were talking about you look how good Deion Walker's playing with all that weight and how well Ox was playing with all the weight last year. And, you know, you miss that girth is what Brad White said. So I look for him to put that weight back on, you know, this offseason. So they're missing something there. Um, we haven't really heard Trayvon Ripka, who's the starting defensive ends name called outside of that sack he had in the fourth quarter when the game was lost at Tennessee. You know, J.J. Weaver missed some time. So um, and then, you know, Justin Rogers, Josiah Hayes, Khalil Saunders. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know, they've, you know, they've made plays here and there, but, you know, the push isn't the same as when you had you know, the Quentin Bohannas or the Phil Hoskins, uh, Marquand McCall. So I, I think that's been a part of it. I think it's been a mix of, I think the pieces, yeah, I think on paper they were always there, but they've either, you know, the injury bug, which is an excuse to some degree, uh, but really more so it, it's underperformed. And that's where you have to look at not only the players, but you got to look at, in this case, Anwar Stewart um, and Rich Scangrillo with the quarterbacks and Scott Woodyard with the receivers. Like, I hate to be that blunt about it, but it's true. Yeah, I I, I think they had the pieces. Uh, I think they have the pieces as a team, though, right? They got a good – Kentucky had, coming into the season with everybody healthy had a good team, good senior leadership, a good nucleus. Um, they got some young guys, but they had a good nucleus, a good team that – they could could have, you know, did some – and I said this, they could have did some amazing things this year. But my thing is this, and people got to – and what you said earlier about the NIL stuff and, you know, you know, almost putting a cap on what they can do in recruiting. And I thought about this other day, would Stoops leave? Because, you know – and this is it's crazy. I, I think about some crazy stuff, but I was thinking like, okay, what if he's not getting what he wanted in NIL and he's not, you know, he feel like there's a ceiling on how well he can recruit that crossed my mind. Now yeah, we'll set that aside and we'll go to the next thing. I think Will Levis is, is, is being like strangle held by uh, yeah. the, yeah. kid, the The kid doesn't, halfway play as loose as he did last year. You don't see him taking off and running. I mean, like absolutely nothing. He's getting sacked when there's obviously, to me, he's a well good enough athlete to be able to get out of some of those situations. And he not he's not getting out of them this year because he's been, he's been fed to take care of your body. We don't want to take hits. We want to be safe with you, right? And ultimately it's hurting your offense. And then my next thing is, uh, you know, I heard Scangarello on his thing, his, you know, he went on his diatribe yesterday. Yeah. Talking about, and they asked him, is the offense too complicated? And I see this question floating around social media. And again, I think as a whole, this is the best offense that Stoops had yet at all at Kentucky. As a whole, like receiver talent, running back depth and talent, quarterback talent. Offensive line talent, because you can't tell me that the offensive line is not talented. I don't think they're playing. The talent's there, yeah. The talent is there. So as a whole, this was his best offense as a whole. But, you know, I get a sense that they're like, they're way overdoing it with trying to be complicated, trying to be pro style, right? It's just like, we're I'm in the stand sitting with this kid's family, and we're, we're like counting it, like run, run, okay, third and eight pass. Run, run, third and ten pass. It's like come, like come on, man. Like as a quarterback, I mean, you you don't have much of a chance because you, what you're doing is you're like you're 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 kind of showing your hand. You're being predictable. So now as a quarterback, I have to be extra good on third down to be able to complete passes. 
And now defenses are pinning their ears back. And, <laughs> and Tennessee had a, a had a solid defense. I don't think they were beaters, but they're pretty good. Um, yeah, up you know, front. Up yeah, front. up front. Yeah, they're pretty solid up front. So, you know, that was my thing, man. And I was just looking. You're like, man, like, how about, like, I hadn't seen an empty formation. I hadn't seen a design quarterback run. Like, I hadn't seen you – know, I'm not trying to be critical of the guy too much, but there, there is blame there at the end of the day. You can call it what you want to call it. Uh, I don't know everything about football. Obviously, he's coaching the NFL. He may know more football than I do. But I do know that I'm going to let my first projected first-round draft pick quarterback get loose, spread some stuff out, throw the ball, use his arm strength with splits, right? Use my running backs in space. Jatan McClain is a weapon that's not being used enough. Uh, so Barryon Brown is not touching the ball on offense enough. You know, uh, and, and again, like, not trying to be too critical, but th this is just what I see. It's just like they they got to make some changes uh, when it comes to the offensive scheme. I'm not saying they got to get rid of Scangarello, but – Snoop's got to sit down with him like, look, we need to go a little bit more in this direction because if you look across the landscape, and I tweeted this, look at the top 10 teams in the country. You got TCU's in there, uh, USC's in there, UCLA was in there. I'm not sure what they are now. Um, you could take out Georgia. Georgia don't really count with this. Alabama, um, uh, obviously Tennessee. Uh, you can kind of take out Michigan, but you got, I mean, you got teams like that that, you know, they they the offensive teams or the offensive strength squads are drowning the top 25. Drowning it. It's offense. It's it's, it's tempo. It's, it's throwing the ball around. It's letting your quarterback play free and play loose, right? It's, that's what it is. Like, you know, and at the end of the day, again, recruiting is tough when you're not moving at a certain pace where guys can get the ball. So – I just I, – I honestly, I was dumbfounded on Saturday. The Tennessee fans were sitting next to me, and they found out – they found out eventually found out who I was. But <laughs> they, they were they were dumbfounded as well. Like, they were like, I can't believe that – it's like, don't they have a first – they're asking me. They were like, don't they have a first-round draft pick projected? Like, yeah. a quarterback? What? I mean, just straight dumbfounded. Like, you know, I had a kid sitting next to me. He was like, all they do is run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> he, this is a kid. I'm like, man, this is – that's not good. So That ain't good. Yeah, the last well, – however many games, four or five games they have left, they have to produce on offense, and it has to look a little bit different. It has to. Use – I mean, the, the kid is not in the NFL yet. Use his talent. Like, use his talent. Like, don't – you know, he's using like 30% of his talent. Like, use his talent. Like, let him play football, man. It's like – it's hard to watch. It is. It is, man. I'm just being honest. It's, it's really hard to watch because I know what we had at, when I was at Kentucky and I look at their team, like they got more talent from top to bottom than what we had. Just calling a spade a spade. We, I mean, there's games where we, against good teams, where we threw for more yards than that. And we, we you know, had more offensive production than they, what they had. Yeah. And we weren't as talented from top to bottom. So mm -hmm. that's an issue, man. And that's a, that's a big issue. And I know Stoops is like, uh, you know, he, he's 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 at a certain point. Just from me knowing, you know, some things going to have to change here soon. Another question I've heard too, though. You know, Neil Brown left because he you know became a head coach, but we we keep seeing this trend of, of also some coordinators that it, it maybe I mean Cohen left to go back to the Rams, but. Shannon Dawson, Eddie Grand, we've seen all. At, at what point does you you kind of have to look at Stoops? I mean, he's yeah. a defensive guy. We we know that, but you at the top. It's your program. Now we granted Cincinnati. That's not the SEC, but he threw the ball around. He didn't just run and do Lynn Bowden at Cincinnati. He was hamstrung because he his QB ones was seem to always get hurt at the start of the season, and he was having to kind of shift on the fly. But yeah, at some point we, you know, Stu said get it fixed, get it fixed, get it fixed. But how do you kind of look at yourself in this situation? And hey, man, because it's it's a pattern with on the offensive coordinator, bless, hire yeah. 
trend situation. Yeah, it's 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 a tough situation because he had the guy in Liam, and and Liam left. I mean, that's kind of I think it that's a big part of this, but I I think at some point the bigger thing for Mark is what he's got to think about is okay, is pro scheme the way to go or do you know? And, you know, the benefits that, you know, ten, <laughs> that, you know, Scangrillo and Levis brought up to it is it's going to get you ready for the next level. And, you know, that kind of they had that quote where it's real football. And you saw, what's that? You got to win now, though. Yeah, like, ex- that's where I was NFL, saying. You got to win. Exactly. Now. That's where I was getting to. Exactly. But at, at what point does it become? Yeah, you want to be the program that sends guys to the NFL but you got to win games. So at one point does it go, okay, screw the pro style offense. We're going to have more exciting, fast paced Tennessee like offense. I mean, and it's not just Tennessee who has that, you know, Art Briles style offense and, and they're not the only machine offense out there. I mean, you look at old Mrs. Offense, it's damn good. They're just kind of like a quarterback play or quarterback away from being a great offense. You look at TCU, what they're doing with Max Duggan, they're electric on offense. Georgia at times this year has been electric on offense. Alabama, we all know how good they are on offense. When, you know, I, I'm not saying an air raid like state. I don't think that works as well. But, man, something with tempo, something where you're spreading the ball around to more receivers. You're mixing in the run. Yeah, you want to keep your identity. But it can't be – it can't be Eddie Grand. And it can't be, it can't be this, this just doesn't work. And we saw the best version of it last year where it was a true balanced attack. You let the quarterback play with risk, meaning letting him run and letting him throw the ball deep. You lived with the interception numbers. I mean, it it just feels like this is an ultra, ultra conservative. I don't even feel like Eddie Grand's offense was this conservative. I really don't. Like, I know that they ran the hell out of the ball, but that was partly, like you said, Vinny, personnel. They had issues at quarterback, whether that was recruiting a quarterback or injuries. Um, But, you know, they had Benny Snell. They had Lynn Bowden. They had C-Rod. They had Smoke when he was at his best. And they, most importantly, they had a damn good old line, and they didn't have good receivers, so they played to their strengths. So if you got to – you have good receivers now, and you have good running backs. Oh, and you have a good quarterback. And you eventually think the offensive line will come around. It's time to just embrace a college offense, a college offense. This is college football. And you know what? If you make plays and you play great, your kids are still going to get to the NFL. Just wait till you see one. Look how well LSU's kids did. They played in a similar, not the same, but they played in a fast pace, throw the ball, mostly offense. And they had like 14 damn offensive players drafted. The same Tennessee, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker. They're all going to play on Sundays. And even though they're not in a pro style scheme. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, um, yeah, you got to put a little blame on Stoops because at the end of the day, he's the head. He's, I mean, he's the guy whose name's on the contract. But um, I do think they got it right last year with Cohen. It was just bad. T- I think, I think he kind of found Cohen was like the perfect fix for him because they, 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 Broke the huddle and ran some tempo type stuff every now and then, right? They spread it out and got you an empty and two by two and three by one every now and then. Open sets. Um, they put two tight ends on the field. They put a fullback on the field. They they did enough. And they and what I've watched when I watched the film, they had consistent route concepts. Like it was consistent. Now they had one dog at receiver, but I think what Cohen, you know. If he had this receiver room, I, you, you just can only imagine what he could do. But this offense to this year looks – the past game looks kind of pieced together. It just looked like – they don't look like when, when Will Levis take a drop, it's, it's not like he's taking a drop with confidence. It's like it's kind of just pieced together. It's like he's staring down – I don't know. It's just – it don't look fluid to me. So last year it kind of looked fluid. He was going through progressions, getting the ball out with some speed. Uh, obviously getting the ball out to a really, really good receiver. But, you know, he was kind of getting that thing out with some speed. So uh, I just think they need a little bit more fluidity. But, yes, you can be you can be pro style and still be exciting and still throw it around and still tempo. I mean, look at what uh, Ole Miss is doing. Ole Miss use tight ends all the time. They oh. tempo you, and they're not necessarily pro style, but 
at the end of the day, they were leading the SEC at one point in rushing yards, and they may be still. They may, they, they still, still are, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In rushing they, yards, yeah, they've got yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss is leading the SEC. I mean, so Lane Kiffin. <laughs> yeah, you know, so you know, at the end of the day, again, there's a lot of blame to go around. I don't want to make this seem like it's like I'm being negative of the offense, but at the end of the day, it, they are underperforming. You have every right to be negative with the offense when they're averaging 17 points a game in SEC play. That's the facts. 98 yards. I mean, we've had games in high school where we we had a a quarterback hurt where we are using a a freshman backup and we're able to get 98. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're able to do that. So, you know, let's let's call it what it is too. But, you know, it is – I mean – it, it is what it is. I just kind of, you know, now he's going to go. I think the quarterback's going to go first round regardless of how he plays the rest of the game because, you know, what people are going to say about him and, you know, he just check all the boxes. But I kind of feel bad for, for him in a way where he's not, like, fulfilling his potential because I think he he could be, you know, that guy. And it's, it's not panning out, um, you know, the last few games. And I know he had an injury and all of that stuff too, but um, – you know, it's not like and that's due to, teams. That's due, to, that's due to the old line not gelling too. That's why he yeah. got to beat up. So. Yeah, it, it's so, a tough it's a circle. There's yeah. no two things with Will. There's one, there's even with missing a game, there's no way a guy of his talent should rank 64th in the country in passing yards. No. He should just be able to throw it more. And two, you know, Matt Miller, who's an NFL, you know, he's with the draft scout now, and he's one of the more – it's kind of like Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, and then everybody else, right? And he said, and he's kind of like at the top of that everyone else. And he said, you know, what he's heard from NFL teams is that they're having, you know, they like him a lot. They really want to love him a lot, but they're having trouble evaluating him because the because the not because of the players around him, because of the play call. Shouldn't that tell you what you need to know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Didn't mention it at the beginning, but we're coming to y'all courtesy of Believe.com as always. So go to Believe.com and get every episode of this podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Speaker, Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, all those different platforms you can uh, listen. Uh, we're also featured on Stadium, Believe TV, National Tune In Radio, all kinds of different ways to listen or watch this podcast. We definitely appreciate everybody that takes the time to do so and as always featured on a sea of blue they put each episode on their website so we appreciate that as well so we want to let y'all know and subscribe rate review tell your friends retweet us follow us on uh twitter and uh, facebook and tiktok and all that got a facebook page now so if you're on facebook go and like it and all that good stuff so definitely appreciate it uh and going back to what Y'all talked about Harson because, you know, he said everything's cool and he took that picture with Bruce Pearl and all that. I said, AG, when we was first on here, he's probably going to be the first dude to get fired. Yeah. And, you know, you don't want to see somebody lose a job, but he was the first guy. I thought it was between him and Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz has turned it around. Harson, I didn't think it was that great a fit. No. Jump coming from Boise. I'm like, coming to Auburn. And it, <laughs> and it finally, you know, the AD is changing, and Cohen, who coached baseball at Kentucky, before uh, going to Mississippi State, now he's, he's at Very Auburn. close with Mitch Barnhart. So yeah. That's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'll, I think Lane, it sounds from everything that they're going to go hard at Lane Kiffin, and, you know, they are in a way better NIL situation than a lot of schools, including Ole Miss. Uh, but you already know Stoops is on that list. I don't know. I don't think necessarily that would happen. But, yeah, you're going to start hearing this chatter when all these big names open up. And Auburn's a it's a great job. I mean, it's a really, really great job. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill it. But, yeah, like you said, Harson was just not the best fit. It happens. But, uh, you know, they, they made the right move. And we'll see what they do. But, yeah, it's going to – it's that – it's going to be very interesting uh, where this goes with Stoops. And I'm not saying by any means he's going to leave, but, you know, Jalen was kind of hitting on it. With NI- with Kentucky behind the ball with NIL, you know, with the recruiting class not having this, you know, they're not having the same success uh, recruiting as they did last year right now. Uh, the potential with the transfer portal, the just how the offense is looking, 
you just you have to that's why winning these games is so important too man you gotta have that you want stoops to have that swagger back to say okay we can still get to where we want to go you know he was talking about monday how he was all jacked up but he admitted that he was really down and it was kind of a pep talk from eli capilouto that picked him back up uh that i've never heard him be that open about getting down like that so that was a little bit concerning to me but he's obviously been uh, extraordinarily loyal. I mean, we've seen, you know, so many schools like Florida State, Miami uh, um, that have opened up and that he has connections to and he turned them down, uh, hasn't really even gone far into meeting with them. So um, I'm not sure anything's going to happen this cycle here, but man, is it getting into that territory where if the right one opens, it could be possible if they don't start winning some games um, and start, you know, proving why, to recruits that they should be coming to play here, at least on the offensive side of the ball. And again, the transfer portal, not just for the guys that are like, again, like the Dekel crowd is Chris Lewis, Magwood, some of the guys who don't play as much that, you know, they really want to get the ball, but some of the bigger names on this roster who are playing well, they're not winning games and they're not making as much money as they can make elsewhere. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, man, I think you kind of hit it on the head. But I, you know, you hate to see coaches get fired. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, that's a human being, you know, losing his job, got to move his family. And for the, the lower level coaches on the staff, I mean, who maybe know, again, my cousin's on Auburn staff. So, I, I, you know, you know, I wasn't like happy to, I knew Harson would get fired this year. I just, you know, preseason, I'm like, yeah, he won't last very long. Yeah. But, you know, I hate it because, again, like I got a, I got a family member on the staff, you know, so yeah. he, he may have to relocate and, you know, it's a lot, man. It's a lot that, you know, coaches go through when it comes to that. And at the end of the day, they're human beings. So you don't – you hate to see that. But on the flip side, it's a business, man. It's a results business. We know that, obviously. Uh, I think some people in Kentucky is going to find that out soon. Um, and I, I do believe that Auburn is going to make a, a hire that's going to kind of splash a little bit, whether they – Take Hugh Freeze out of Liberty, whether they take uh, Lane Kiffin out of Ole Miss, they're gonna they're gonna hire an offensive juggernaut. Is yes. what they're gonna do, and that's what I would do if I were an AD right now, right? That's what's gonna. At the end of the day, you it, I always say this, and I told some people this about Tennessee. I was like, with Josh Heupel, okay, let's say Josh Heupel's a six, a six and six coach, right? He's average seven and five some years he may get eight and four whatever which may be the case maybe they just having a hell of a year this year but at the end of the day those people in tennessee gonna get them butts in the seats because they want to see that offense mm-hmm. they want to they want to <laughs> see them fireworks shooting when they score when they tempo on everybody and score and touch that they want to see that so that's exciting so i think auburn's gonna go that way you know i think deep down um a lot, a lot of people at auburn i think some of the the people who cut the checks at Auburn know that Auburn has a ceiling. As long as Nick Saban's in Tuscaloosa, as long as uh, Kirby Smart is in Athens, Georgia, um, now, you know, you got Tennessee, you got LSU with Brian. I mean, you know, as long as these guys are there, I think they know that Auburn has a ceiling. They just want to get closer to that ceiling yeah. and, and generate more revenue in the, in, in the city of Auburn with the university. So what's going to help them do that is somebody bold like Elaine Kiffin, somebody who's known to be competitive against the likes of Nick Saban, like a Hugh Freeze. So I, I just think that's that's the way they they want to go. Now, they could, you know, make a hire somewhere else and go pick up uh, Niblet, or not Niblet, but go pick up Lincoln Riley from uh, TCU, Lincoln Riley's brother. Uh, is the coordinator at TCU. I think those type of moves they're looking at, they're looking at somebody exciting to kind of bring some offense to Auburn. At the end of the day, let's get more butts in the seats. We obviously want to win, but at the end of the day, we need recruits to love what we, we do. We need to get more butts in the seats at games. We need to generate more revenue. I think they can do that. Now, you could say Dion maybe, but I just don't know if they're going to go that route. Um, him and Cohen supposed fun. to be tight. Him and Cohen supposed to be buddies. They yeah. are buddies. <laughs> yeah, if they, if they do go that route, um, and I, I said to somebody, I think day one, 
Dion outrecruits everybody in the country. Period. Oh, easily. They, they won. He's he he's he's outcruiting people at Jackson State. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna drive. He's gonna drive Nick Saban to early retirement. Like he he's gonna outrecruit everybody in the country because you you're not about to outrecruit him. You're not. He's just the way he do things. He's a winner, man. He's a he's a winner. He won. I mean, however many state championships he won as a head coach in high school in Texas. Um, I mean, as soon as he get to Jackson State, he just turns things. He's a winner. Uh, and, 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 you know, he just he just got that about him. And kids want to play for that. He, Travis Hunter going to follow him. Uh, Shadur Sanders, his son, going to follow him. Uh, you know, he's going to be able to get his coaches, some his assistant coaches, significant bumps and pay raises. So uh, they're going to, you know, they'll turn some things around. So we'll we'll see, man. If they don't hire offense, they'll be a splash with, uh, with Dion. But I, I just don't know if they want to – I don't know if they're going to go that far with it, though. They yeah. could, but I don't know. If, and, you know, Auburn got them old school boosters that's kind of like a bunch of Jerry Joneses. They kind of upend it and meddlesome, and they got heading hands and fingers and everything that's going on. So Auburn, Auburn is a good job. Every SEC job is high pressure. But Auburn, you can't do nothing without them looking, well, Alabama, they doing this. Well, they doing it. You little brother in that state, like Louisville is in Kentucky, so everything gets compared to what Saban and the fellas in Tuscaloosa is doing. Every move gets micromanaged, and whoever's going to be the coach has got to know that that's, that's just how it's going to be when you take that job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. We talking all, always talking football here, especially you know, Jalen been coming on, dropping knowledge, and we've been football heavy, but I know it's the crossover time. Aaron, you're already covering basketball, <laughs> but yeah. – can't come on here and not talk Kentucky, which is this is a Kentucky podcast, and you know, without giving condolences to the family of Damian Collins, oh. who unexpectedly yeah. lost his father after they just moved up to Lexington. Big sophomore season, exhibition games, the dude is hitting jumpers, and you seeing the additions he's made to his game. Dad and the family moved to Lexington to be closer to him, and he unexpectedly passed. Damien just turned 20 years old. Yeah. I, I lost my dad last year at age 43. I can't imagine losing, being a sophomore in college and losing your dad unexpectedly like that. So just, no. you, you, your heart just ached when you, when, what, somebody said they saw it on his Snapchat, and then Kyle Tucker confirmed it. Yeah. Oh, Oh. It's just awful. Yeah, all the best to his family, and obviously praying for the best for them. And condolences out. And uh, yeah, it's an awful situation. I, I'd be surprised if Damien nor should he uh, play tomorrow night. You know, in a preseason game, and you know, hopefully he's doing all right. And I know Case and Wallace, man, they're cousins, so there's some family ties even on, on the roster. So uh, yeah, horrible. I can't imagine it. And um, yeah, they're, they're going to be playing with heavy hearts. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, man, my, you know, condolences to, you know, to the family. I mean, that's tough, man. Um, young man like that, you know, like you said, I, I, you know, he should definitely take take some time away. I could only imagine, yeah. uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, I mean, college kid, your school, basketball, it's just a lot. So you're dealing with a lot, man. Um, so, you know, again, sending, sending positive, positive vibes that way. And we know how the fan base is as far as, all sports, but especially basketball, as, as far mm-hmm. as everything. You talk about being in a microscope, and you talk about just talked about the Auburn coach going to get micromanaged and nitpicked. Well, <laughs> every basketball game, every play, every player. So, if and when college does come back, there's going to be fans out there critiquing his game if he's not playing well and all this and that, and totally forgetting about what he's going through. Yeah, you can't even. You can't even. Sure, you you a big time college player. You here to win. You here to go to the league. You here to put tape out there for everybody to see. But you can't even, in my opinion, look at him through the same lens. I think even for this season, even if I he back and tries to play, but there's gonna be some. Oh man, college man, he didn't box out on this and that and other, and he's getting bullied in the post and. Uh-uh. It's all that's out the window right now with him for me. That, that's just yeah. No, that's not. It's not even fair. <laughs> I mean, no, at least no. especially, 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 especially early in the season. 
um you know it, it is it's not fair it, it really isn't you know uh life is bigger than basketball and uh he's gonna be playing with a heavy heart uh some guys play out of their minds when they're in that situation and they want it you know they're doing it for you know they're playing motivated but others might struggle and you gotta when it comes to damien collins man you gotta pump the brakes and let the kid breathe uh, this season. And obviously, you know, they have a lot of depth in the front court. And if they really feel like he's not getting the job done and his mind needs to be elsewhere, which is fine, they'll make the right decisions personnel-wise. So, yeah, hopefully the fan base is smart enough. And, it, you know, I like to think it's a pretty smart fan base, even though it's it's delusional at times. It's crazy <laughs> at times. But it, they know basketball. You know, they're not, they're not dummies. Um, and I think that – I hope that people will understand that and give the kid a little bit of a pass. What if he, you know, does hit hit some struggles? And you know, we were, you know, expecting a big growth from him this year, but you know, we didn't, we don't know, we didn't know anything really. <laughs> he hasn't played a played a played a played a minute yet in the regular season, and now he's going through this. So yeah, hopefully, uh, Big Blue Nation will take it a little easy on him. And uh, you know, it's still they have they have the right to have high expectations for this team. They have the right to expect a national championship, but they don't have the right to mess with someone's mental health. Yeah, I think I think they'll understand, man. I you know I think so. The thing the thing that I worry about is you know everybody's so on edge about this year being a year that we kind of come back in basketball, yeah. and I just hope that don't spill over to people just being you know just inconsiderate you know when it comes to certain things. Um, because, you know, one, one thing that was very alarming to me, and I think, you know, they have good pieces on the team. Uh, and this is going to be, obviously, it always is with Calipari's team early in the year. It's always like a, a slow buildup. But, you know, it was kind of alarming to me when he came out and left that message. Very alarming. I'm like, oh, man, that's not, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe – he just felt that way and whatever. He just felt like he needed to do that. But um, uh, I was looking at some of the comments. And I'm like, man, that, you know, uh, I don't know. But, you know, again, hopefully, hopefully fans are considerate. And I think they will. Uh, you do have adults out here who are very childish. You know, <laughs> looking at, I'm just looking at comments from the football game. And I'm like, man, oh my like, let it, it's, it's Wednesday. Let it go. Like, <laughs> let it go. I mean, Trust me, there's fans out here who will, you know, and I, you got fans and you got fanatics. And it's the same thing. You got the fanatics will slide into a kid's DM and talk trash. It's crazy. Because they didn't, I had that happen to me on multiple occasions. If I read some of those messages to y'all, y'all would be like, what? <laughs> like, I, you know, people do that, man. Grown adults, 50 plus, slide into a 19 year old kid DM trying to, you know, bashing him because he threw an interception or he he didn't box out. That happens. Um, but mm -hmm. hopefully they, they're considerate and and, and kind of, you know, let the thing, you know, kind of slowly pass if if that's even, uh, you know, a, a thing. I don't even know. I mean, that's, that's a tough situation. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll, we'll see, man. You know, hopefully fan, the fans are basketball uh, smart, though. The one thing I can't say about Kentucky fans, they are. And to your point, Aaron, um, you said sometimes he might players have come back and played out of their minds. We've seen that before. Older sure. people, um, you guys were young, but you know Brett Favre. Brett lost Favre, that was exactly the example. I was thinking, yeah. Threw four touchdowns on a Monday night. Now his his decision making off the field, especially of late, yeah, night, yeah great. No, we're <laughs> just talking about that football game. That's it. His decision making on the field sometimes wasn't that great. Yeah. He's an NFL time interception leader too. Yep. But he's a Hall of Famer. In that game, he did you know four touchdowns with the loss of your father. Uh, out of his mind, he lit the Raiders up that night. So it, it could, on the flip side, that could you know play out that way too. Yeah. Yeah, but putting all that aside, uh, real quick on that Cal video, what are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing? And that was before, obviously, this awful news. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, that obviously the preseason game was ugly. They scored fifty six points outside of CJ Frederick. Uh, they couldn't shoot. It was a mess. Whatever. You're dealing with injuries, but. I don't know, man. I don't come out and say that. It basically sounds to me, hey, guys, we're going to lose to Gonzaga. We might lose to Michigan State, but don't panic. And I get the not no panic message. It's early, whatever. But 
man, just let the games play. Like it feels like you're doubting your own team when you say that. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think Mark Stoops has ever said anything like that going into. He didn't say anything like that going into the Tennessee game, where pretty much everyone knew they were going to lose. I don't think any of us really thought they were going to win. Uh, I don't think you'll see him say that against before they play Georgia in a couple weeks. Uh, I know that he's not going to say that when they play Alabama next year. Like he, 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 what was his quote before the season? Like, you know, they talk about 10 and two. He's like, what game am I giving up? Yeah. You know, that, that has that vibe to it. And I just, it's like those things with Cal, man. It's like, he takes a step forward with the fan base, with the way he recruits or, you know, I don't know if he has some, a good press conference, whatever he takes a step forward and then he takes two steps back with crap like this or the haven't seen him yet or, you know, most importantly, losing. So uh, I just couldn't believe that video. I was just like, this is not how you start a year when you're coming off such a brutal ending. Yeah, it's a terrible message to send to your players, man. Like, yeah, exactly. He's like, don't, it may be a little bit shaky. Like, like if I'm a player, I'm like, man, does he believe in us? You know Right, exactly. Like, that, that's a, you, don't, you don't do that. If you lose, you just chalk it up. We got to do a better job, you know. At the end of the day, that's it comes with the territory. But I don't know. I didn't agree with that. But maybe he knew. I don't know. Maybe they know something we don't know. They you definitely. Know? They're de yeah. They're gonna lose to Gonzaga now. I put the money on it. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, we covered a lot as we always do. Uh, before we close it out, gotta talk about our friends at La Terrain. Make men's designer watches, watches for women as well. Accessories. On the timeless wristwatch made with pride. They're built and designed for watch enthusiasts. Go to the site, subscribe to the newsletter, get entered for a chance to win a $500 gift card. So that's motivation in itself to go and check out the site. Hit them with a question in the chat about any watch that they have, and they will answer whatever questions you got. So you will know what you're purchasing. LaTerrain.com, L A dash, don't forget the dash, T O U R. A-I-N-E.com, LaTerrain.com. Dave and Ben got you covered. Got you a fresh watch to go with whatever look you're trying to roll out with. So go to LaTerrain.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast. And as mentioned, you got several different ways to access this podcast. And we got, we can't really announce it yet, but we've been talking to Texan. We got some little stuff we're going to roll out and, and let y'all know about in the coming days or weeks or in the future so keep tuning in to find out and, and we'll be excited to let y'all know what's what's coming down the pipe here mm -hmm. uh, for the three of us been we kind of working on so good stuff fellas Jalen, aaron man appreciate y'all enjoy your weekend look for the positives on the way to como aaron maybe uh. it's, a good, it's a good restaurant or, or something out there that, that can make the trip worth your while in addition to doing your job and covering the game <laughs> Look for the positives, man. Accentuate the positive. Uh, I, 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 you know, and I was about to say, it, 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 it can kind of come off as we're being super negative. Now, I do, you know, have faith that we can beat Missouri. They're the better team. You know, um, and we should, you know, and they got to have the confidence. You know, I'm sure Stoops has talked to him. He's good about that. But, mm. you know, this is a game that, you know, Kentucky can win. And I'm not saying it's easy, but this is a game that Kentucky should win, you know. There's a better football team on paper. Yeah, just allow, you know, just defense play their game. Just play good on defense. And, and offense, you know, let Will Levis do his thing. Let him play to his strength, man. And uh, get the ball to your playmakers at the end of the day. If you lose mm -hmm. doing that, then you, maybe you're supposed to. I think they'll be fine man, if they do that. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. They're the, they have the better roster. Uh, they have the better players. Uh, it's a matter of execution. AG, man, what you got coming out on the cast polls? Everybody following? Man, yeah, nothing specific. You know, we'll see what happens <laughs> with these games. Um, you know, just taking it day by day. It's a it's a busy time of year. November is probably the hardest month on the job, but uh, it's what you look for, so it'll be fun. And what's – tell everybody about BTG, Jalen. What, what can people get? What can they plug? How can they find out? What can they do? Yeah, man, uh, you know, btgathletics.com. Uh, actually, we're we're actually construction on the site right now, so we're getting everything else together, getting the store back up, uh, getting some merch back together. But um, you know, I am looking forward, and people can get this out there. I'm looking forward to um, coming to Kentucky this all season and spending some time up there. Uh, and and you know, if there's any high school quarterbacks 
or middle school quarterbacks in the area that want to get better, that want to, uh, you know, train the way, in my opinion, that you're supposed to train at this position to perform on game day the way you need to perform. Holla at me. You know, we, we can get it together, man. We can, uh, you know, get you all season going in the right direction. Um, so, but other than that, man, you know, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, you know, bounce back week this week on Saturday. Uh, Aaron Gershon is going to bring some some positive energy to the team when he <laughs> when he hit Columbia, Missouri. Oh yeah, you know uh, it. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, looking forward to getting that W <laughs> out there, man. So, um, but yeah, you know, get it done. Oh, good. There you go. So we got thecatchpaws.com for Aaron, btgathletics.com for Jalen. For both of them, my name is Vinny Hardy. Come to Believe.com or wherever you get your podcast to listen to us. And we will be back next week to talk about everything that happens between now and then. Y'all be safe. We'll holler at y'all later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 